resuming where we left off the Chuman Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 23, entitled The Song of the Avanti Brahmana. We are starting today with text number um, uh, 23. My monster here, where are we? Yeah. Uh, yeah, text number 23. Uh, um, just to bring you up to speed, remember the, the uh, Avanti Brahmana, uh, his story is being related uh, to Uddhava by Krishna, uh, telling of what he had learned about the material world. It describes his, he was a miser. Uh, although he was a Brahmana, he began to reject his Brahmana position, simply collecting money. But being a miser, he also refused to spend it, either on his family or on himself. And then gradually, he lost his money. It went away. Uh, everything went, uh, went wrong. Uh, and uh, so then uh, he starts to lament uh, uh, after this, and he begins to feel remorse with text number 14 uh, uh, to 30. He's expressing his remorse and the evils of the greed for wealth. So we're there, we're at, at, at text 23, we're in the middle of that. Uh, I'll just read the translations starting with 18. He says, theft, violence, speaking lies, duplicity, lust, anger, perplexity, pride, quarreling, enmity, faithlessness, envy, and the dangers caused by women gambling and intoxication are the 15 undesirable qualities that contaminate men because of greed for wealth. Although these qualities are undesirable, men falsely ascribe value to them. One desiring to achieve the real benefit of life should therefore remain aloof from undesirable material wealth. Even a man who's 20, even a man's brothers, wives, parents, and friends united with him in love will immediately break off their affectionate relationships and become enemies over a single coin. For even a small amount of money, these relatives and friends become very agitated and their anger is inflamed, acting as rivals. They quickly give up all sentiments of goodwill and will reject one at a moment's notice even to the point of committing murder. 22. Those who obtain human life, which is prayed for even by the demigods, and in that human birth become situated as first-class brahmanas are extremely fortunate. If they disregard this opportunity, they are certainly killing their own self-interest and thus achieve a most unfortunate end. So that's where we got to, up to 23. So he continues, but now we'll do the Sanskrit, let me just Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 
So he continues now, uh, Sanskrit goes, what mortal man, having achieved this human life, which is the very gateway to both heaven and liberation, would willingly become attached to that abode of worthlessness, material property. So here he's saying here, uh, this human human life, he's saying here, this human life, Prapyaloka uh, Imam, uh, uh, this, uh, this life, which is Swarga Atavarga Dwaram, the gateway to Swarga and Atavarga, heaven and liberation. In other words, that means uh, if you are achieve what you can with the human life, either you will be promoted to Swarga, that is to say the higher planets in your next life of the enjoying gods. This is heaven, as people conceive of it, unlimited sense gratification. But, of course, we learn in the Bhagavad Gita, you go up, you use up your pious credit. This is like piety, what the Christian calls good works. You use up the pious credit you earn with your good works. They... Up, you finish, back down you go. Right? It's far gone. Up the Varga, liberation. That place of going, you don't return. Okay? And so, so you can achieve with human life either of those. Uh, um, so if you have that, he says, um, I'll talk a little bit about this word, up the Varga, uh, meaning liberation. Uh, so what person, he says, would willingly become attached uh, to the abode of uh, anarthasya, uh, uh, but moral, marcha, he uses the word marcha, uh, prone to death. And we say mortal, mortals. Huh? Who, that, that mortal, uh, become uh, 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 Attach that abode of worthless material property, anarthasya. We've already discussed this. Artha uh, means a goal or something valuable, or artha is just wealth, and anartha is worthless. And uh, a lot of this about the, about the, the worthlessness of wealth. Uh, it's, it's almost like a contradiction in terms, you know, the worthlessness of that which is of worth. <laughs> that's uh, that's the thing here. The word I wanted to talk, talk a little bit about that. Um, uh, uh, and the purport, by the way, in the book is just saying that, uh, telling us what we know that. Uh, actually, if we do have some wealth, it is to be used uh, in God's service. Then it's then it has a wealth. Uh, so you don't have to reject it. But in one way or another, you can, if you can't use it in Christian service, give it up. 
uh, or if you can use it, then but it's not your property. It belong, everything belongs to God. That's and the, the, that point is being made here. I want to talk about this word apavarga, liberation, uh, because Prabhupada talks about it a couple of places uh, and gives a, gives a, a meaning of it which is a little different from the dictionary meaning. Uh, and it's kind of, Prabhupada is based on a kind of play on words. Uh, the word apavarga uh, 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 etymologically uh, made up of the prefix apa and varga. Uh, uh, and um, uh, the dictionary definition of apavarga is completion or end. Uh, coming to an end, um, uh, because apa, the prefix apa, expresses uh, away or off or back. And then uh, the word varga uh, means uh, 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 a division or a class or a set or a multitude of similar things, a group, a company. So uh, when you have apa varga, it means some, some, something that comes to an end, completion. And then it comes to mean, uh, this is a dictionary definition, Moner Williams, Sanskrit English Dictionary, the emancipation of the soul from bodily existence, exemption from further transmigration. Or, and then they cite Bhagavad, uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam for this one, final beatitude, uh, liberation. Uh, that's apavarga, from this apa and varga. When Prabhupada explains it in a couple of places, he divides it up differently. Uh, uh, a and pavarga. Uh, and this is not the etymological de- definition. But we said the word varga means group. Uh, uh, so one of the groups that are called Vargas are the groups of letters in the Sanskrit alphabet. Uh, uh, so when the, the Sanskrit alphabet, I have this book here, and if you look at the back of this book, uh, they give you the Sanskrit pronunciation guide, it's page 827 in, in this book. Uh, you see how the Sanskrit, the consonants are arranged in rows. So each row is called a varga, uh, a group. Uh, And the first consonant is the row beginning with ka. You can't say a consonant without a a vowel, so they use uh, a vowel. And these are called by the Western grammarians, the gutturals. In other words, these are the the consonants that are pronounced in the throat, ka, ka, and then the associated nasal na. The difference between ka and ka is ka uh, is unaspirated, in other words, it's just ka and then ka with a breath. Ka, ka, ka. The difference between ka and ga, if you put your hand on your throat and say ka, ga, you'll see that with ka. The, the word is articulated in the same place in the throat, but with, with, with ga, there, there, the vocal cords are moving. 
they call it voiced, and whether you say gaka, there's unvoiced, voiced and unvoiced. So kaka, gaga, na. So that's called kavarga, gulturals. The next group, chavarga, uh, palatals, is pronounced higher up. Cha cha, jaja, na. And then the cerebrals is with the tongue, but at the, at the roof of the mouth. Ta-ta-da-da-na. Then the dentals, the tongue is against the teeth. Ta-ta-da-da-na. Then the labials, and this is the one we're talking about. Pa-pa-ba-ba-ma. The group of consonants beginning, starting with pa. Pa-pa-ba-ba-ma. And then there's another group, ya-ra-ra-va, and so on. So that's so pavarga means that group of consonants beginning with P, the uh, labial, that is to say, pronounced with the lips, pa-pa, ba-ba, ma, right? That's the pavarga. So Prabhupada says this. Uh, I'm quoting from the Nectar of Devotion, uh, chapter 22, uh, uh, qualities of Krishna that he gives salvation even to the enemies that he kills and so Prabhupada remarks in that discussion another name for salvation is Atavarga the same word we have in this place today Atavarga is the opposite of Pavarga so here he says Atavarga for the various miserable conditions of material existence the word Pavarga indicates the combination of five Sanskrit letters, ha, ha, ba, ba, ma, that row, right? These letters are the first letters of the words for five different conditions, as described below. The first letter, ha, comes from the word harabha, which means defeat. In other words, it's describing, these five Ps describe material life. Parabara, which means defeat. In this material struggle for existence, we are simply needing defeat. Actually, we have to conquer birth, death, disease, and old age. And because there is no possibility of overcoming these miserable conditions, due to the illusion of maya, we are simply needing with parabara, or defeat. Right? You want to be happy in the material world, these things. First of all, don't die. Don't get old. Don't become diseased. And don't take birth again. Right? You want to be happy. Solve the death problem. Solve the disease problem. Solve the old age problem and so on. And that's, so, so you need, you can't solve these, so, parabhava, uh, defeat. Right? Then the next letter, I'm cooling back to what prophecy, the next letter, pa, the, the aspirated pa, pa, is taken word Thena. Thena is the foam which is found in the mouth when one is very tired, as is commonly observed with horses. Uh, 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 the letter Ba comes from the word Bhanda, or bondage. Ba, B-H-A, is taken from the word Diki, or fearfulness. Ma, is taken from the word mriti, or death. So the word kavarga signifies our struggle for existence and our meeting with defeat, exhaustion, bondage, fearfulness, and at last death. 
upper bar, that means that which can nullify all these material conditions. Krishna is said to be the giver of upper varga, the path of liberation. Now, now I'm going to go through a purport, 7.13.25, where Prabhupada again says the same thing, but he has some different words. So there must be different accounts of this. Uh, uh, this is in my notes. It's not in your book. So Prabhupada says, commenting on Bhagavatam 7.13.25, uh, he says, if one uses the human form of life properly, he can elevate himself to the higher planetary systems where material happiness is many thousands of times better than on this planet, or one may cultivate knowledge by which to become free from the evolutionary process and be reinstated in one's original spiritual life. This is called Aptavarga or liberation. So these two things, Varga Aptavarga, are also mentioned here in this verse. Material life is called Pavarga because we are subject to five different stages of substance of suffering represented by the letters Papa, Baba, Ma. Pa means Parishama, very hard labor. Ha means hena, or foam of the mouth. This is the same. For example, sometimes we see a horse foaming at the mouth with heavy labor. Ba means vyartata, disappointment. In spite of so much hard labor, at the end we find disappointment. And pa means paya, or fear. In material life, one is always in the blazing fire of fear, since one knows, no one knows what will happen next. Finally, ma, mrityu or death. When one attempts to nullify these five different statuses of life, papa, papa, ma, one achieves akavarga or liberation for the punishment of material existence. So that's Prabhupada's take on that. Uh, somewhere else, Prabhupada talked about you work, you work so hard, foam comes out of your mouth. You're always afraid, afraid, and then one day comes and you die. <laughs> the capsule description. So that's a little word about this pavarga or, or liberation. So he's saying here, that's what you can get. You can get released from this uh, this pavarga. You can get apavarga uh, or go to heaven. So why would you become attached? So. Then, uh, now we'll continue, text number 24, uh, the Avanti Brahmana continues, he says, uh, uh, this is with a list, Devarshipitri Bhutani Chnatim Bandhushabhalinaha Asambhivajya Chatmanam Yakshahitta Patatyadaha The running translation is, one who fails to distribute his wealth to the proper shareholders, the demigods, sages, forefathers, and ordinary living entities, as well as his immediate relatives, in-laws, and own self, is maintaining his wealth simply like a yaksha and will fall down. Uh, so here it begins with a list. Uh, Deva, Rishis, Pitris, Bhutanis, Chnatin, Bandhum, uh, these are the Bhaginahas. They are the shareholders. 
that's the word, what the word bogging means. It literally means one who receives a share, uh, uh, a partner, uh, a co-heir sometimes in bogging, uh, or who partakes. Actually, the basis of this is the, is the verb budge, which actually is also the basis of bhakti, by the way, is a shareholder. So these, when you get money, these people are shareholders in your wealth. This is like piety. Uh, the Davids. Because you owe them something because of the good fortune, the rain comes, the, the you know, all these things are there. You can gain wealth. So they're the Davids. The Rishis. You, you have knowledge because of the sages. Victories, your ancestors. You have, you have obligations to them. Uh, uh, Bhutani, to the living entities in general. Janati, uh, uh, your immediate relatives. Uh, Janati means intimately acquainted, because, you know, the verb root of to know. So, those you know well. Janati, you. And then the other ones uh, as the uh, Bandhu, the, your ex- translate here as your extended uh, family, which a dictionary says sometimes your paternal relationships. So these are the people that are shareholders in your wealth. And if you get wealth and you don't distribute it, uh, 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 and also it says opulence, your own self, you're supposed to legitimately spend a certain amount on yourself to make how much to maintain your leash, your bodily well-being, your health. Uh, then uh, that person, uh, you, you, uh, it's called yaksha hitta. Uh, the, 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 the yakshas are, uh, Prabhupada defines them as semi-pious beings. They're the assistants of Kubera. Kubera is the treasurer among the gods. And his assistants are called yakshas. Uh, they're kind of mystical. Yeah, he calls them semi-pious beings. Sometimes they're listed with demonic, and sometimes with the other side. Uh, so they're kind of borderline people. Uh, and so actually, the, the yakshavitta, that compound, is actually in the dictionary. One whose property is like that of a yaksha tank, that is to say, an underground storage for water, the tank. The English word tank actually comes from a, uh, a Gujarati word, <laughs> a tank. Uh, one whose property is that of a yaksha tank. They just, one who has mere guardianship of property and does not make use of it himself. So this is this, this yaksha vitta. Uh, vitta means money, uh, the hoard of the, the yakshas. Uh, so you don't do this, this person will fall down. Uh, so there, the proper use of wealth is there, not just for yourself, you're included, but you have to distribute it to others. Uh, you have to do certain amounts, you're given charity. Uh, it, it says, we learn that a householder is supposed to, before he enjoys his meal, go outside and say, is anyone hungry? assuming you're in a village or something, but you have to feed others. Uh, so that's, 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 that's required. So he's, he's uh, 
And he's, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a sip of water here. He's making this, this moral case. Here the purport says, one who does not share his wealth with the above-mentioned authorized persons and does not even enjoy the wealth himself would certainly suffer unlimited problems in life. So this is his reflection on these things. And then he goes on, yeah, text 25. Again, we have a radiation of this idea of uh, useless wealth or, or uh, uh, worthless wealth. It's hard to say all those words get merged together in Sanskrit. And the translation is, discriminating persons are able to utilize their money, youth, and strength to achieve perfection. But I have feverishly squandered these in the useless endeavor for further wealth. Now that I am an old man, what can I have achieved? So first you saw his mood is gradually changing. In this. First he's describing you know, how badly he acted, how badly everybody else acted. And, and, and now he's talking about himself. Vishwanath uh, um, Chakravarti Thakur commenting on this verse, there's no comment in the BBT edition, he says, being mad in pursuing useless wealth, I have lost all wealth. By wealth, youth, strength, those with intelligence achieve perfection. What can an old man like me accomplish? Uh, so that's his realization now. Now, when, when you, you should be this uh, endeavor for wealth, those who are kushala, uh, this is a word that shows up a lot, uh, described here as those who are discriminating, uh, kushala, uh, generally means something that's right or proper or suitable or good as a general world, word of approval. It means well, healthy, in good condition, prosperous, fit, competent, able, skillful, clever, all these things. Kushalam, the noodle noun, uh, means welfare, well-being, prosperous condition. So it's a nice word to use here, uh, kushalam. Uh, uh, so those kind of people, here's the people, kushalam, those who have these, uh, these uh, good qualities, they, sh- they should use these things uh, for that uh, they, they, they should use victim, money, via, youth, balam, bodily strength for siddhyati, for some goal of perfecting your life. Uh, but his youth is gone now. His money is gone now. His strength is gone now. He's like completely wiped out. And what have I got? He said, uh, 
he because because uh, his his, his uh, was pramatasya. He was in crazy. He was like somebody who was who was feverishly squandering squandering this pramatasya. Feverishly squandered these things in a useless endeavor for further wealth, which he didn't use. He was just getting money for its own sake. And now I am Jarata, an old man. Now what can I achieve? What what can I do? Uh, this is his regret now. He's uh, 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 come to him. So now his realization, it's too late for me. Now I've got no assets left whatsoever. Not money, not youthful strength, uh, not, not anything, you know, it's all gone. So now you start to see his turning to transcendence. So this is beneficial for him. It looks like it's evil, but he understands now the lesson. And of course, Prabhupada has discussed with us many times these verses from the Bhagavatam. If, if Krishna really wants to show his mercy to somebody, he takes away their wealth, makes them a failure, you know. So sometimes that's what's necessary. So now we see that, uh, uh, he says here, uh, the text 26, he says, Kazmat, uh, why? Kazmat, son Krishna, Vidvan. And here, that same word, Vyatariyartenhaya Shakrit. Did I do that right? <laughs> Another time. Uh, again, this via uh, uh, the, the same word via taya arta, this vain wealth, your useless wealth, ihaya asakrit. Kayaschin mayaya nunam lokoyam suvimohita. Why must an intelligent man, vidvan is the word used here, one who is wise, uh, one who is wise, Kazmat Sankrishipe, why should he suffer? Uh, by constant vain efforts to get wealth. That's this, this big word in the end here of the sentence. Uh, 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 end of the word. Vyataya Artha Ihaya Asakrit. By this constant attempt to gather uh, money. Uh, uh, why is this going on? Remember, the business of America is business. The whole country is arranged on economic development. Will the president get elected, or, you know, re-elected? How is the economy? Is the economy going bad? Bad for the party? And the whole thing is about this economic development. That's our culture. That's the highest goal. Uh, I just read a, 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 something in the in the in the in the news how the Harvard, Princeton, and Yale their top members of their graduating class are now all going into hedge funds management and all this kind of making money by dealing. But you don't produce anything; you just manipulate money because that's how the big people they go to New York. 
and they start start managing money and hedge funds and betting. It's basically a casino. Well, you don't produce any goods and services. You just manipulate money. And that's where they're, everybody, that's the top people are going. Uh, this, is, this is what's happening now. So this is what they're doing. This is, this, this is American life. And not just America. It's global now. There's a global emergence of these group of people who don't produce any goods or services, don't do anything useful, but just get more money than they can. Conceivably, somebody who, whose net worth is $30 billion more than a lot of countries, what are they going to do? But they always learn more. Uh, uh, so anyway, uh, so he includes, because this is going on in its own way at all times, Kastin Mayaya Nunam, this Loko Yam Mohatat, this world, this world, Loka means world or it means all the people in the world, too. Uh, the whole population, Suri Mohita. The Mohita means bewildered, and Suri very bewildered by someone's illusory potency. Guess who? It must be. In order for the whole world to be so deluded, they must be being deluded by some higher power. Huh? So here is beginning the thinking about, uh, you know. So here, then, Vishma Chakravarti Thakur says, he asks this question internally, and he gives himself the answer. So now you see he's becoming introspective. He's thinking, how can this happen? How can this? Not just me who's like this, all kinds of people. And so now this leads into the next verse, uh, is uh, uh, the realization uh, here. Kim Dhanaya. Dhanadayarva Kim. It's a beautiful verse. Kim Dhanaya Dhanadayarva Kim. Kamaiva Kamadayar Uta. Mitchuna Grashanana Sya Karmadir Vota Janmadai. So notice the script repetition of this D A I A Dai of one who gives wealth. Uh, Kim Dhanai Dhanadayarva. Uh, uh, now, the, the, the translation starts with this, Mrityuna Grashamanasya, uh, for one who is in the grip of death. Uh, the word gratia is stronger than we can do in English because gras, the verb gras means to seize by the mouth, like a crocodile, or, you know, you see the, uh, you know, you these nature porn movies always like to show you different things eating, you know, some killer whale grabbing a whole seal or something with the mouth, you know, grub shit like that. For one who's been seized by death, in the jaws of death, or being eaten by death, because if, if, uh, time and death are the same thing, we're, we're being consumed right now. So uh, for that person, Kim and I, uh, what is the use of wealth or dhanada? Dhanada, those who give wealth. 
what is the use of wealth for those who offer it. And kim kama va kamada ita, or of the enjoyment of wealth, the object of sense gratification, or those who give such things. To that person, you're being eaten alive. Uh, so what, what are you going to do with money? What have you for the money? Or what are you, or what do you have used for those, the object of enjoyment you buy with money, or those who give those? Huh? Because you are Mrityanadrashamanasya. Uh, or, and then finally, what is the use of karma? Or what is given uh, by the next book? What is the use of fruit of activities which simply cause one to gain birth in the material world? What's the use of even your karma? Karma by itself, fruit of activities. Karma defines activities which produce future material birth, which is Krishna's definition, karma. Uh, so what's the use of karma? Again, add the birth that it gives you, uh, the future material body. And the, the karma, actually, technically speaking, is good karma. At least it's a human birth or something higher. Because if it's not that, then it's v-karma, sinful activity. So even piety, material piety, what the Christians call good works, what's the use of that? Even, uh, that's what you're doing. You're just going to be devoured. Huh? So here we see the person now. These are the expressions of somebody who is uh, in Prabhupada's uh, 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 translation uh, elsewhere of those who are materially exhausted. Huh? Uh, uh, Prabhupada uses this term uh, 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 in uh, uh, a gocharam. Uh, that, that, that Krishna is approached by those who are materially exhausted. Uh, this is in the prayers of Queen Kunti. This is Bhagavatam 1.8.26. Uh, Kunti Devi prays. She's also expressed the failure of everything. You know. Janmaishvara Shruta Sridhir Edamana Madapuman Naivarhat Yadidatum Vai from Akinshana Gochanam. She prays, My Lord, she's praying to Krishna, and he's about to leave again. Uh, Your Lordship can be easily be approached, but only by those who are materially exhausted. Huh? Such as the Akinshana. Akinshana means uh, uh, materially exhausted. Gocharam, huh? approached. Krishna, God is a kinshana gochara. Uh, my Lord, uh, 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 your Lordship can be easily approached, but only by those who are materially exhausted. One who is on the path of material progress, the word is edamana, which means progressively increasing for him. One who is on the path of material progress, trying to improve himself, with respectable parentage, great opulence, high education, and bodily beauty, cannot, cannot approach you with sincere feeling. So here's the list. Janma, uh, good birth. Janma means birth, but here it's good birth. The pregnancy is the term. Uh, 
Aishvarya, opulence, Shruta, education, Shri, good looks. If you got these things, if you these are you know this is your past good karma. If if your birth is good, you're born in a uh, educated, wealthy, to do cultured family. That's great, right? You, you're starting your life, as they say, born with a silver spoon in his mouth. You know, you have no disadvantages. Aishvarya, yeah, money comes easy to you. Somehow or other, you know, even if you don't have Janma, you win the lottery, you know. Shruta, good education. And Shri, physical beauty. These are the endowments. If you have these things, it means you did something good in your last life, right? You... And then you're trying to do these further and trying to get them. You don't have them or you have them trying to increase them. You know, people who are born good-looking and they start to get old and the good looks go away, then you have these expert surgeons that you pay a fortune to fix it up. And, you know, anyway, uh, that's what you do. Those people who are mad after these things, the word is mother, intoxicated, uh, they cannot approach you cannot Abhidhatu, cannot address to Abhidha uh, is, is the word that to, to call on somebody. And it means actually to, to chant gods, to say, Abhidha also means a name. So to say the name of the Lord with feeling. They can't do it because you are a kinshana goa. You can only be approached for those who are a kinshana, who are without anything. Uh, 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 the word, the word akinshana, the uh, uh, is uh, someone who is destitute. Uh, the word kinshana, kinshana in Sanskrit means uh, a, a little bit. So akinshana, you have uh, in no, you have absolutely nothing at all. It's a total negation, without even a little bit. Okinchana, you got nothing. Totally wiped out. Right? You're, you're approached this way. So here, this is in the uh, prayers of Queen Kunti, uh, and uh, uh, so if you read them, 1826 and also uh, 1827, you can see a very nice discussion of Srila Prabhupada. Actually, I, I have it here. <laughs> just to, to conclude this part here. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, when Prabhupada discusses this, Prabhupada says, being materially advanced means taking birth in an aristocratic family and possessing great wealth and education and attractive personal beauty. All materialistic men are mad after possessing all these material opulences, and this is known as the material advancement, as the advancement of material civilization. But the result is that by possessing all these material assets, one becomes artificially puffed up, intoxicated by such temporary possessions. Consequently, such materially puffed up persons are incapable of uttering the holy name of the Lord by addressing him feelingly, O Govinda, O Krishna. It is said in the Shastra that by once uttering the holy name of the Lord, 
if the sinner gets rid of a quantity of sins that he is unable to commit, such is the power of uttering the holy name of the Lord. Uh, there is not the least exaggeration in this statement. Actually, the Lord's holy name has such powerful potency, but there's a quality to such utterances only. It depends upon the quality of feeling. You have to address the Lord with feeling. A helpless man can feelingly utter the holy name of the Lord, where a man who utters the same holy name in great material satisfaction cannot be so sincere. There's a story in the Gospels about Jesus the same way, who could actually pray, you know, vainly. A materially puffed-up person may utter the holy name of the Lord occasionally, but he is incapable of uttering the name in quality. Therefore, the four principles of material advancement, namely high parentage, good wealth, high education, and attractive beauty, are, so to speak, disqualifications for progress in the path of spiritual advancement. Anyway, you should read the rest of this purport. And uh, the uh, Prabhupada goes on uh, in the next verse, Akinshana Vittaya. The Krishna Vitta is property, so Krishna is called Akinshana Vitta, the property of those who have no property. Uh, the materially exhausted. So one way or another, you have to get, get to that position. Uh, uh, and so anyway, I, I recommend Prabhupada. Hmm? Yeah. Well, if you have something, you should use it all in Krishna's service. If you have that, if you use it in God's service, then you don't own it either. That's one way of not owning. And the other way of not owning is, is like monks and things who actually have no property, who actually get rid of everything, minimize their necessities so they can, can just, how much should you have enough to be healthy? Easier about it in Christian service. So, anyway, well, well, I guess we have to stop there, and we're we're going to now turn over to uh, to the uh, we mark my place where we are. Q and A session started. Uh, we've done twenty seven now, so uh, we will start next week. Rashmanos who in the jaws of death. I think it was a picture I saw of this killer whale eating these cute porpoises. <laughs> Two gulps and it's down, huh? So then we'll start with 28. Good place, actually, because now we come to, you can see the change of mind. Now the next several verses we'll get the conclusion and the, the determination of, of this, uh, this, this speaker of these, uh, uh, these, uh, uh, these texts. Okay? So now, uh, uh, questions or comments, if you, if you are uh, 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 calling in by phone, you, you can, you can uh, press star six. Uh, and uh, or you can text in if you're on the, the what you call it the Mayapur TV. You can you can uh, text in a comment or question to our Chisop, uh, or else uh, or else press star six and you can be heard. Any questions or comments?
Yeah, here's our studio audience. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Hold on, then wait, 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 so what does it mean by materially exhausted? It, it means that you understand that whatever material things you get in the material world will not bring you happiness. You have to see through the illusion that happiness comes through material advancement. And not want it in this life. And if you think, okay, I'm poor in this life, but the next life I want money. See, at the time of death, if we have material desires, those material desires are what lead us on to the next birth in the material world. Uh, so one's de desires should be pure. Let me become a devotee of God. If the desires are for material, for spiritual advancement, then either uh, I am still not qualified for. I still have some. I still have some material desires, but my desires don't. Those material desires go away. Then I may have to take birth again in the material world, but I'll make further advancement. I won't, I won't take birth because I want to satisfy those desires. So, uh, we sh uh, so we have, I'm talking about second-order desires. I should desire to have no material desires. So even if some are there, I'm praying to Krishna, please get rid of them. The other prayer, please satisfy these desires. Then I get stuck here. Uh, I, I, that, that's, that's the wrong, uh, that's the wrong uh, 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 prayer. So in any case, I should be materially exhausted. I should have, uh, and if, if I have, I have, I have this really nice, you know, a lot of people want Apple products. I've got an Apple product, you know. They just, just had, a, had, a, had a big unveiling of their future latest projects and everybody's watching and wanting the next thing and tells me how can I buy it and how can I get the next cool thing. Uh, if I want that just for my sense gratification, if I have it and I use it in Krishna service, no harm done. But if it's for my status or for my having the latest thing or for my own enjoyment, then that's not to be used. So there's no problem in, in, in material things. But if I'm used in Krishna service, they're not material. They're, then they... Prabhupada calls, describes the activities of devotional service as the re-spiritualization of matter. Everything belongs to Krishna. When I take it and say it is mine to enjoy, I'm alienated from Krishna, and therefore these things become material. If I, if I, but because everything comes from God, ultimately everything is actual spirit, spiritual. But when, I, but when I see it through the eyes of sense gratification, then, then I, I, I'm taking something spiritual and turning it into something material. Ultimately, everything is spiritual. But sense gratification covers this, the energy of God and the energy of God and turns it into something material. So if we remove this veil of I am the enjoyer, I am the controller, 
If I say Krishna is the enjoyer, Krishna is the controller, and I am just his servant to help him, to serve him in, his, in, in what he wants to do, then the illusion of, and then you're, then you're uh, liberated in this life. Jivan Mukta. You don't even have to go back to Godhead to be liberated. Uh, uh, you're, you're liberated in this life. And, and, and so we shouldn't waste our time. We should, we should make the best use of it. If I fail in this life, I've tried this driven honestly, then I'll, I'll, I'll make spiritual progress. I won't get stuck uh, in some, some uh, uh, other situation in the material world. So this is this is, the, the, this this chapter is very very good <laughs> for us, and you can remember the prayers of Queen Kunti. Kalpat gave a whole lecture series on them, and his the the prayers of Queen Kunti. That book is available with not only the the Bhagavatam, his translations of this part of the eighth canto, uh, but also his uh, 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 excuse me, first canto, chapter eight, not eighth canto. Uh, but also his 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 lectures on it is, is there to the different verses. Okay, anything else? You had a question. Yeah. He asked regarding text twenty six. Why must an intelligent man suffer by his constant vain efforts to get wealth? By what criteria does an intelligent man determine how much wealth is enough, considering material responsibilities, planning for the future, etc.? And we'll try try to to be intelligent. Intelligent means you can discriminate. This I need. This I don't need. That, that, I mean, remember the definition of intelligence would be is the the ability to correctly discriminate. And if I overestimate how much I need, Krishna will correct me. If you're intelligently situated in the service of God, he'll take away what you don't need. Prabhupada, even, you know, using his own example, he was actually trying to get money so he could preach in the West because he needed resources to preach. And he thought he would need money, and he said, Krishna made me a poor man. So intelligence means you use your own discrimination and then Krishna will guide you further. So if you're correctly situated, if, you, if you're collecting more than necessary or you think you need something you really don't need, he'll take it away. And you will give thanks. You will say, wait, wait, I just surrendered to God. Why did he do this to me? Why did he wreck my plans? I say, oh, I must have, you must have something else in mind. So as it turns out, Prabhupada arrived on his Yours with with uh, seven dollars, forty rupees in cash, not much else available, and that was enough. The so Christian provided everything. That's the lesson we learned. So that's what's meant by intelligence. Uh, uh, and uh, and, and Prabhupada understood, for example, that what's enough, what what's the right amount for some will not be the right amount for, for, for others. And he mentioned before that when in Mayapur he built uh, a, a place for devotees, his Western devotees to stay, he put in indoor toilets and was criticized 
by the other people there because that was a Western luxury, indoor toilets. It was considered dirty, actually. Uh, and Prabhupada just understood that, that too much if you take on more austerity than you can stand, then your mind is also distracted. And that that would be too hard for his Westerners. So he put in indoor toilets, which was, by my standards, were very austere from indoor toilets. First of all, there was no hot water. Uh, and, and second of all, there were squat toilets, uh, like India has, and they were just bare concrete. Anyway, it was nothing like the uh, uh, palaces of, of sense gratification that modern people have, with the jacuzzis and the wall-to-wall carpeting and uh, you know, whatever else they, they've gotten for their uh, wall-to-wall mirrors and all that stuff. Yeah, more? Question from Ratna Bhushana Bhushana. Please kindly accept my humble basis. Not identifying with an mundane desire present in our mind, that is not believing in it, not acting upon it, is that the same as being free of the desire? Or is it merely the initial stage of freedom from the mundane desires? Um, I think, uh, in my, my humble opinion, uh, is that um, that's the process of becoming free. Uh, I'm just aware that sometimes we can be governed by desires we aren't conscious of. The, 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 the mind, a great deal of the mind works on its own and not the mind. And in the mind are embedded, uh, since I inherit the mind from previous births, it travels with, with me, with the soul, when I transmigrate, that there may be desires there. So I, I should be suspicious. I should be suspicious. And it's a good idea, uh, um, as a matter of process, Never to think now I'm free. Just, just to be suspicious uh, all the time. And that people that are free from desires are always thinking now I'm governed by so many desires. And to be free from desires is to constantly pray to be free from desires. And as long as we're in the material world, we should always be alert because the mind is with us. And the, 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 the mind, you know, you're not a Vaishnava. So we see these prayers by very great souls uh, of suspicion uh, about the, the fact that minds may be there. So, so to, to uh, be suspicious of our own desires, to be skeptical about our own freedom is, is freedom. In, in that sense. Uh, so one, one should just never relax. And so, you know, all, all these great souls we see, I'm plagued by material desires. I'm, and they're not just pretending. They're humble, uh, and, and they feel that way. And that if the only reason they're getting free is because they're getting the mercy of uh, advanced devotees and the mercy of Krishna.
part of you know she really the the pro- spiritual progress is the path of humility and 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 and, uh, and to be really humble is also to be humble about being humble in other words not to become you know second order pride pride in your humility <laughs> because because it, it, it traps you sometimes oh now I'm preaching the Bible I must be an advanced devotee you know and then you go all of a sudden the false ego swells up you have to be uh, suspicious. The hermeneutics of suspicion when it comes to your own mind is very wise. All right, so I lost my place. Where do we end up? Um, yeah, so we'll start next week with text number 28. We'll see the uh, conclusion and resolution of this Brahmana. And then we'll see after he determines on this path, things don't become easy, they become more difficult, which is really an interesting lesson also to learn from there. So until next week, thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Your conference recording has stopped. Goodbye. Okay, Mother uh, Candita, are you still there? Can you hear me? Test one, two, three.